Welcome to Amalgam, a podcast focusing on creatives and entrepreneurs. You can enjoy the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and YouTube. If you would like to get in touch or support the show, please visit AmalgamPodcast.com. Check out the blog for each episode on the Apple News app and follow us on Instagram at Amalgam Podcast. Thank you for taking the time to check out our show and please enjoy this new episode. So we're back very quickly, a quick turnaround for the next episode. I was chatting with my sister and she was in the car with my guest today, Natalie Ransom. She's a florist and an entrepreneur. She owns a business called Posey by Natalie. I was really, really interested in the floral industry because I watched a video in, in one of my business courses way back in college. And I, and I never really understood or never really was able to wrap my mind around the logistics and how intense that industry could be. So I jumped on the, the idea of Natalie being on the show and my sister connected us. But Natalie, how's it going? Thank you for joining me. It's going great. Thanks for having me. Tell the audience what Posey by Natalie is. Yeah, so I call myself a full service florist. And that just means that I can provide flowers for any occasion, whether it's a wedding or a, you know, a larger event, or just a small thing like somebody's birthday or anniversary or something like that, I can provide flower arrangements and plants. So I also love make, making terrariums and things like that. So really flowers and plants for any occasion is how I describe what I do. How many employees do you have? I actually do not have any employees. Okay. I think in the future, I'll definitely work towards that. Uh, but at this point, I have friends that will you know, help me out from time to time, um, including my boyfriend, who does a lot of helping. <laughs> and I'm very <laughs> thankful for him uh, and wouldn't yeah. be able to do it if it wasn't for him. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> also, I have <laughs> what are, I guess, would best be known as apprentices. So there's a lot of people that you know uh, are interested in getting into the floral industry, perhaps starting their own businesses and just wanting to learn the mechanics of things. And so we kind of trade, you know, work for knowledge. Interesting. That's So you're kind of running a platform for people to kind of jump off from That's in, in that. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. And, and a lot of people think that, you know, you, especially if you live in the same town with someone that you know is going to want to open a business that's the same as yours, that you wouldn't want to tell them everything that you do. But I completely disagree with that because I think that everyone is, just really different and what they're going to offer is, is going to end up being really different. And I also just think about the sheer impossibility of being able to do every wedding that right. happened in Bellingham. And, and on a given weekend, whatever I'm doing, there's, you know, 10 plus other couples getting married on that same day. And that's just weddings, not to mention any other events that could happen on that day as um, well. Oh man, I can't imagine. And And that's a great attitude to like not be... Not shy away from competition, but actually to welcome it. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I read actually there's a woman named Erin Benzikin that owns a company called Florette. And she is a farmer and a florist out of Mount Vernon. And she's been very successful. I, I believe she some, uh, won the Martha Stewart, I think it was called American Made Contest or something like that a couple of years back. And so she's gotten tons of press and is just very successful in what she's doing. 
Um, and she wrote a blog post once about how there's enough for everyone. And the minute that you don't think that there's enough for you is when there's not. And I just think that's a really good way to, to think about, to think about it, life in general. Yeah. No, that's a great philosophy. That's awesome. That's really cool. What was her name again? Erin. I believe it's pronounced Benzikin. I'm not totally sure if I'm getting her last name right, but uh, her company is called Floret, and F-L-O-R-E-T. And she's uh, located in, in Mount Vernon. And yeah, she's had, just had a lot of success in the growing of flowers. And I believe she sells seeds and, and things like that. But then also just um, educating people about locally grown flowers and, and designing with them and, and things like that. So she's definitely someone that I look up to in, in my industry. Wow, yeah, that's that's great. Got a resource right out of the gate. That's awesome. Okay, so moving right along, who do you contract work with? Do you have somebody else run your books or do you have do you have other contractors that you have to work with to help do other parts of the business or what? Yes, so I do have somebody that helps me with taxes and and that sort of thing cuz I that's something that's completely out of my wheelhouse. I feel like a lot of creative people kind of aren't numbers people necessarily. So yeah, I do have somebody that helps me figure out all those tax rules and changes and everything. Um, I have a friend, I, I actually, the website that I originally made was just a Squarespace website that I put together myself and um, just yep. really didn't have a lot of backbone to it. I mean, I have, I have good looking content, which, which is helpful, but just not a lot of information. So I have a friend that's helping me kind of revamp that at this point but it's one of those things where i've thought well if i'm too busy to get my website exactly where i need it to be that's okay because if mm -hmm. you know if i'm too busy then the website thing will come when it needs to to come so i'm kind of slowly figuring out where i want help and where i don't want help or need help because if i can do it myself i i want to um i don't ever want i mean i guess i shouldn't say that because maybe i will I don't foresee a point in which I want to turn over, let's say, like my social media mm -hmm. to someone else, mm -hmm. because I really do want that authenticity of of the message coming from me. And I uh, maybe I'll find a a point where I can communicate that clearly to someone else that can then do that. But a lot of it, I mean, it's called Posey by Natalie, and it's because it's you know I'm doing it. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> No, I'm there with you. It's It can be hard to communicate, you know, that message that you're trying to come across with a theme or whatever it is. Um, you want it to be consistent. I, I know exactly what you mean. I think about that. Like what I need the most help with is is doing more of that social media stuff. And it's just like, yeah, but I don't, I don't know if they'd be able to do it the way I want to. So we'll see. Maybe one day. Yeah, I think it's hard to kind of give up control and those types of personal aspects. Uh, I did find uh, a company. Um, it's actually one guy named Darren. Um, he has a delivery company. And so I can call him even on the nice. same day and, and he'll deliver flowers for me, which a lot of delivery companies won't deal with flowers because they're really delicate and there's water and, and you know, everything. Right. So um, having finding him and having him on hand to do those deliveries has been huge because I can spend you know, four hours a day just driving around, which is really not a good use of my time. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. That kind of brings me to my next question. I'm assuming you have a storefront, um, but what else do you have? Do you have your own delivery vehicles? Do you have 
other other sites, warehouses or anything or Yeah, so I am actually what is called a studio florist. So my storefront okay. is next to, is in a separate building next to my house and it's not open during certain hours. Uh you're not gonna be able to look it up on Google and get get the address and come to you know, to me from nine to five or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I've worked in quite a few flower shops since actually I was in high school. And that's just really not the model that it appeals to me. A lot of the times you're just kind of waiting in the store and, you know, mm-hmm. doing kind of small talk with people that are window shopping, which is fun. And it's, I'm not in nothing against window shopping, but like I said right. before, use of my time and what do I really want to do? what I really want to do is is design and I really want to mm-hmm. be working all the time towards a goal that's not just having a storefront. So right. maybe not just that retail. will retail. Yeah, maybe that will change, but I at this point I don't ever see myself having a retail store because I don't want to to be there and I don't want anyone else to be there in my place. So Right. That makes yeah. sense. No, I like it. From your site's about section, it mentions your father is a major influence for you. Can you tell us a little bit more about the relationship with him and how it shaped where you are with your business? Yeah, so I grew up on a farm in Upper Michigan, and the people that live there are just a really tough type of people because it has already snowed up there this, okay. this year, <laughs> and it's going to, to snow probably until you know, until May. <laughs> um, right. And so the season's very short there. And, you know, you just have to work really hard to to make things happen there. And so I, I just always grew up working a lot. Um, and my dad is a really creative person. And he's always enjoyed floral arranging and, and primarily from things that we would grow at the farm or that we would forage from the forest surrounding our house Um, and I think it was just the type of thing where you know as a a parent you you try the things that you like with your kids and you see who's good at what and I was the creative type and my sister was really good at um, skiing and sports and and that sort of thing so my dad he's a farmer um, and artist but he's also a ski and snowboard instructor so that was kind of like the thing that I had with him was was the creative side and then my sister was the you know the star a junior olympian uh ski athlete so <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that's awesome yeah. i didn't it's kind of i'm trying to wrap my mind around where your dad has the time to do all of these things i mean farming is a lot of work and then you've got a creative hobby or he's got a creative outlet that he needs to be itching all the time and then also he's on a mountain teaching yeah. people yeah, he and I find myself doing this sometimes too. He's just one of those people that's always moving and um well instead of walking from place to place is more more so um you'll see him more often running from place to place. <laughs> and I find myself doing that sometimes and I just think I am my dad. <laughs> yeah. Like I've become my father. <laughs> yeah. Well and whether we like it or not, in one way or another, we're all turned into our parents. Yeah, well, I'm lucky that I have two good examples to, to turn into. <laughs> yeah, good, good for you. So you were in Michigan. You grew up in Michigan. So what brought you to the Pacific Northwest? Because you're you're in Bellingham, and we're doing this over, we're doing this over the phone. Everybody, please give good juju for solid connection for the rest of the episode. But you're in Bellingham. I'm in Spokane right now. What brought you to the Pacific Northwest? Uh, it was really, really, really random. I. Uh, wanted to move to the west coast and i 
had known that ever since I was younger because my mom grew up in San Diego and we when we would come to visit I just thought it was so so great and I always knew that I wanted to live on the west coast but I thought that California was maybe a little too fast paced for me mm-hmm. um and I was actually thinking about moving to Montana and then someone I knew was moving to Bellingham and I happened to google it and just you know do like an image search and I came across <laughs> um some photos uh, that were by Mark Turner. He's a nature photographer here in Bellingham. And um, I just thought, oh my gosh, that just something about it, just something about the pictures just really resonated with me. And I decided to move here instead of to Montana. And so I moved here with the intentions of going to Western and then started going to Whatcom Community College first to get my prerequisites mm-hmm. done. And I realized that I really loved it here but I, I learned really early on in junior college that I didn't ever want to have a job that required a degree and that there was no reason for me to go. Although education is valuable and I'm sure, you know, your university experience would have been great uh, that it wasn't something that I needed to, to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So I moved out here on a whim. I think I decided on a Wednesday and moved out here on a Sunday. I mean, it was very, very very random and very quick and it just felt like the right thing to do and and it and it definitely was <laughs> good that sounds that great was, that was in 2001 so i've lived oh, in okay. Bellingham ever since then oh okay cool that's a long time yeah, yeah Bell- <laughs> Bell- bellingham's your home now yeah can we move a little bit towards specific um logistics of your industry because that's i mentioned that earlier that's what kind of the light bulb went off when I um when my sister introduced me to you over the phone when you gave her a ride the other day and so well let's pick an event like a wedding and what happens when so you so the people have met with you at your studio they set an appointment you've gone through you've you've interviewed them and and let's talk actually let's talk a little bit about that what are you looking for or what are you asking a potential guest and let's just go with a a bride, you know, we'll stick with a wedding theme. How, how does that interview go or how does that go when they come to your studio? What happens? Well, I would, I would say there's, um, two, two types, not to generalize too much, but typically there's, there's those that kind of have an idea of a vague idea of what they want, maybe colors or a feel like, uh, this season and I'm sure next season the word bohemian will be yeah. used a lot, you know, cause that's, they're trying to describe that's the, you know, the look that they're going for. Um, and it's kind of a, a, a general idea of, of the vibe. And then some people know exactly what they want. They okay. know that they want six, you know, calla lilies with nine red roses. And so I am completely okay with people being really specific on their vision or not specific at all. I'm happy to guide people. And I'm also happy to just do what people want to do. And I, I know I've worked for other florists that really try to kind of steer people um, in a direction or, or not want to do something that they they don't consider to be their style or something that they, they would pick. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's really important for me to not just be stuck to what I want or what I think is, Mm-hmm. Uh, good because I it's not me getting married so right right yeah, yeah and I just I appreciate 
everyone's different tastes and it makes me really happy to execute that and give someone exactly what they want even if it wouldn't be necessarily what i what i would have picked right or within your like what you've you've kind of because every artist kind of gets into a theme or like a they get into a flow with things and they 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 have a level that they kind of always operate that at and so you're okay with stepping out of that and and you accept it as a challenge of like i can let me imitate this thing like if they brought you a photo or something like well, oh, yeah, I can pull that yeah exactly because of course with pinterest you know most of course br- most brides are looking at pinterest and most brides have some idea of of what they want um and so yeah i'm happy to try to you know emulate a photo that they're showing me or to to do something from scratch just based on a you know ideas and and you know uh, colors and things like that that they're they're telling me um yep. the thing with flowers though is obviously they're seasonal so if somebody's showing me pictures of flowers that are available in july and they're getting married in october we're gonna have to try to meet in the middle between their vision and what you know reality <laughs> right exactly so you've had that meeting with them you've picked they've you guys have agreed upon a design what happens next until the day that you deliver them and how how close do you cut it when it comes time to deliver on that day yeah so once we've decided everything then i will order the flowers and typically i do not order flowers from one source i love buying local flowers whenever i can it's just something that's very very important to me especially since i grew up on a farm and and it was important Mm -hmm. for my family that people you know supported local that and so it's important for me too plus it's just this the quality is better um right so i have to piece together the things that i need and where i can get them from and so sometimes i'll be getting flowers from you know six different local farms plus two to three different larger wholesalers that come out of like Seattle, Tacoma area. Um, And it's more work than it would be to just order from one wholesaler that has all of that product. But it's important to me to, to mix it up and to do that extra work so that I'm supporting local, but also getting my customers the the best. Cause if I order from the wholesaler, a lot of times it'll be the same the same exact flowers that I would get from the local person. It would just be the local person would sell it to them on a Wednesday and I wouldn't get it until the next Monday. Whereas if I order it directly from that local person, I, you know, I order it on a Tuesday and I get it on a Thursday. So Mm -hmm. it just ends up being better all around. Right. Okay. Okay. And this might be too simplistic, but what's a general week like running your business? I would say it really varies from season to season um but if if we're if we're in wedding season i'm going to be waking up i'm going to be um ordering flowers pretty much every day um okay. because there's the the way that the weddings are staggered and then throughout the week there's the other events like birthday parties anniversaries you know whatever else is happening so i make a ton of lists i have probably like 15 calendar appointments in my phone each day and not all of them are necessarily like a meeting or something that's happening it's just a reminder to Notes. yeah check on this you know make sure that you have this ordered because there's also supply the supply part of it so vases 
uh, rubber yeah. bands, you know, just all that, that sort of thing. So I usually start my day off by looking at my, my list and doing my ordering in the morning because all the wholesalers and farmers and everything like that usually aren't available. They're either available in the mornings or in the evenings because during the day they're, you know, they're outside working and, mm-hmm. and harvesting and everything. And then I'll often throughout the day have meetings with clients with brides or, or, you know, meetings for events and things like that. So lots of lunches and coffee dates and things like that. And then in between that, I'm often not very many days out of the week. Am I ever not actually arranging somewhere in there? I'm usually making an arrangement and delivering it myself or having someone else deliver it for me. I do um, weekly flowers for a number of businesses and just come and you know take the old flowers and replace the new ones every you know every monday or tuesday or whatever day it is so it just depends on the day of the week how many of those i have you know going on and and uh whenever i can i'll get help with actually delivering those so i'm not spending time (laughs) driving around um and then in between all of that i do a lot of self-care i i see a chiropractor minimum of two times a month in the busy season, I, I go once a week. Um, okay. Same thing with acupuncture. Um, I go to Pilates as much as I can. And all of those things are just so it's, it's necessary. I'm not mm-hmm. making that time for myself because it's indulgent. It's my body wouldn't work if I didn't. Yeah, and your mind, and your mind. Yeah, indeed. yeah, because I had problems with carpal tunnel and had to get physical therapy and I've had points where I couldn't even like bend over to pick my clippers up off the ground. I had to have my boyfriend or friends like literally do everything that required me, you know, bending over because I work out in my studio. It's concrete uh, uh, yeah. floor and I have some pads and stuff like that, but I didn't really think about I didn't think about my body at all during the first year. I just thought about getting getting it done um, yeah. and realized that that is not sustainable at all. <laughs> no, it's interesting you bring that up and you call it self-care, but even there's exercises, you're kind of classifying that as self-care and everything. And it's all true. Like you've got to, you got to have that activity, those activities in your life, however, however you fit them in or however you kind of custom mold them to yourself. Go find something and and latch onto it and that and make it a hobby if yeah it, you know you mentioned you get help with transportation or delivery if you can can you talk a little bit about the challenges that you face for deliveries um specifically like is uh there's special types of of trucks or racks or things like that that you do to just keep it consistent or keep it safe can you talk about that yeah so Everyone that's ever helped me deliver flowers when they get done, they come back and they say that was so hard <laughs> because it seems <laughs> like it'd be pretty straightforward. But there's, you know, you you get somewhere and you 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 know it's very hard to see the house numbers or the doors in the alley, and it's hard to find. So there's just the the number, you know, point A of like where am I going? Can I even get there? <laughs> and right. then added on to that is the fact that what you are delivering is extremely perishable and extremely fragile. Um, So when, when I'm packing up flowers, you know, when you're doing arrangements and packing them into a box, you have to give them tons of room because you don't really want any of the flowers to be, you know, pushed up against each other or they can bruise each other and you might not see the bruising right away. 
but that's going to show up later on and the customer is going to going to notice it. And, you know, if they're packed in there too tightly and you go to take something out, it could break, you know, another, another arrangement on its way out. Um, and then you also have to consider bringing more packing a- along with you. Cause as you start to take things out, if you have, you know, five arrangements <laughs> in a box and right. you start taking them out and you don't put something back in, they're going to fall over. Um, <laughs> I've spilled a lot of water in the back of my car, a lot. Um, and it's one of those things where you just hear that glug, 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 like, <laughs> oh no. So I always have several water bottles in my car so that I, if, if that happens and I lose some water, I can, I can fill them back up right. <laughs> when, I, when I get you, to where I'm going. <laughs> and then you drill holes in the bottom of your, of your floor. So then you can just drain the water out as you're driving and it's, and you're fine, right? Yeah, unfortunately, most of it, it seems like it always goes into the side door in the back uh, where I think it's the speaker, that that uh, sort of round area with all the little holes in it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that like those are just completely <laughs> full of water in my car. So but nothing has happened so far. So I guess, That's I guess funny. it's all right. Yeah, I try what? to package things uh, really well, especially when if I have a delivery driver coming to do it, because I really don't want, um, you know, it's one thing to spill water in the back of my car but i i would never want that to happen to either my delivery driver or quite often people will come and pick up you know the flowers yeah. for their events and and things like that so i make sure that i package everything really well so that people aren't gonna have anything tipping over on their way that's funny that's yeah okay we um we you kind of touched on this but we could just reiterate where where do you buy your flowers from and where else can you wholesale your flowers from? Yeah, so Washington is a really just good area. There's lots of access to a lot of different flowers in Washington, not to mention just our climate and, and how um, you know good that is for, for growing flowers. So mm-hmm. I probably buy from um, about 10 or so farms that range from kind of Skagit Valley up to Blaine um, okay. and they all grow different things. And so they have, uh, you know, kind of fresh sheets, you know, catalogs available of what they have each week. Um, and right. and it's good for me because it's a constant education. So a lot of times I don't know a specific variety of scabiosa. I don't know what, what color that is, or I don't, I, I've never heard of, of this flower or that flower. And so they're constantly trying new things. And so I'm constantly learning names of, of flowers that I didn't know before. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I, I think that any florist that is being honest would tell you that they don't know everything about flowers because there are so <laughs> many, so many flowers. Um, so it's just, it's good to kind of keep up on that constant education on what they have available instead of just ordering what like your bread and butter yeah like instead of just ordering the same thing roses let's say roses and baby's breath over and over again i i ask them what they have available in blue or what they have Uh, available in yellow and then they send me the list so i kind of work often work from color first and and then kind of fit it in there as opposed to ordering uh, the types of flowers Ex- first. Um, and I also, I don't always plan out what I'm going to do. A lot of florists will order sort of like, like a, in a formula, a formulaic way. Um, but I choose to just order a bunch of stuff and kind of see 
see what happens. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so you really keep yourself on your toes then and like you keep that abstract almost attitude about it. Yeah, it, it's just more fun for me that way. And so as much as I can, I just absolutely love to to buy local, not only because these people are my friends, um, but because the product is better and it comes to me in a bucket, you know, filled with water that then we kind of pass these buckets back and forth as opposed to anything that comes from a wholesaler that comes from, you know, Canada or even California or anywhere that's not, you know, local. Um, mm-hmm. It's 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 most likely wrapped in plastic. A lot of times there's elastics on it that, that aren't uh, compostable, like rubber bands. So there's just a lot more packaging and then just like a much larger footprint that comes with that sort of product than when I can get local stuff. But, you know, that being said, people want things that aren't grown here. And I don't think that they should be faulted for that. I, I think that we live right. in a global, you know, global economy and that, and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. But I do, you know, try to educate people about what is available locally and maybe we can, you know, do that first. But if if we can't, um, I work with several wholesalers and uh, the product comes from literally all, all over the world. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, earlier this year was getting things from Israel um, Italy, Ecuador, Colombia, just just really all wow. over the world. Yeah. Wow. So then let's dive into a little bit. Let's zoom out a little bit um, from my limited research. What you in the floral industry, you have retailers, wholesalers, and growers, right? Yeah. Can you give us a little bit of a of your interpretation of those of the relationships and how those work? Yeah, I, I would I would say. A lot of florists just deal with the wholesalers and let the wholesalers deal with the growers uh, mm-hmm. just because it's it's more work to, you know, to talk to more than one person, you know, as opposed to just having like your wholesale rep that sources everything for you. It's a little bit more work for me to, you know, talk to all the individual growers and to to make all those individual orders. Uh, but that's in, in, important to me because I, I really care about where I'm sourcing things from. Mm-hmm. Um, although I do value that, um, you know, that relationship with the wholesalers, it's it's important for me to kind of go the extra mile to try to, to connect with the growers. And then I will also just direct the general public, you know, my customers, anybody that wants to do kind of go that DIY route. Mm-hmm. Um I will direct them directly to the growers versus a wholesaler or v- versus, um, you know, myself as a real t- or retailer. I don't feel like I need to take sort of that middleman cut and right. make money off of people that just want, you know, a bucket of flowers from, from a local person. So I'm happy to kind of make that connection where I know a lot of other retailers wouldn't and I've actually been told that I shouldn't do that by other people but <laughs> they're not the boss of me so <laughs> no, that's that's exactly right there's nothing wrong with that oh yeah so and there's a theme that I'm hearing as I listen to you answer these questions you would in ideally you would see the retailers and the growers maintaining the relationships until wholesalers necessary for a specific reason. But um, I guess a question I would have as somebody who doesn't know where to find growers, does this, is, there, is there some sort of 
like national board or do you guys have um is there some sort of uh what do they call those like they're not like departments they're like you know the not the foundation i don't know is there a guild a floral yeah, guild yeah the only ones that i know of would be more of the formal formal things like where you can go and i haven't done anything like this and maybe at some point i i will you know if i if i ever find myself with, with time um you can go through and get you know certified um in different ways as a floral designer and it's kind of like when you're you know a certain type of doctor or something and you get kind of more letters be- behind your name <laughs> you know so um right. i think that um like CFD might be one of them certified floral designers. So there's different things that that you can go through as an individual to get actually certified in the industry. But as far as, um, you know, associations of growers or anything like that, I don't think that there are any formal ones. Definitely there are, I think, organizations that will kind of help these smaller farms to get to get the word out, you know, because... Uh, like would uh, farmer's markets kind of be a simple place to start, like... They're going to show up to some of those. Yeah. Aren't so they? yeah, they're definitely yeah. There's definitely going to be going to be flower growers there. And then um, in Bellingham, for example, we have a, an organization called Sustainable Connections. Um, oh, okay. And so they do a lot of work with small businesses, and a lot of, they have a whole kind of department that's related to food and farming. Uh, and so they are a great resource for connecting the community with you know some of these smaller businesses that they might not know about, just because it's it's so much harder for a small farm or like for myself uh, to compete, um, especially in, you know, an online sense of oh, for getting, sure. getting people to know that we're there. Our advertising budgets are, are nothing compared to, you know, FTD or, you know, any oh, yeah. bigger things. So no, agreed. And it's, and it's actually, I've been thinking about that specifically a lot, like the marketing budgets for the major industries. It's kind of like, it's kind of mind-boggling and you also want to know like how much of it does it actually work you know because with you the proof is in the pudding like you're people you people like the way you either interact with them and provide the service or create for them you know and so I um it, it it's for me like using something like flowers.com it's always it's always like when you forget something or if it's long distance but you take that extra step and you say, okay, let me maybe just source somebody local for where they live. You know what I mean? And just take that step and change it up that way. I, um, yeah. And, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I, I, when people do take that extra step, it's, it's, it's everything. It's everything for the small businesses. And, and I think every single time I, I ever get a call like that, I make the, um, you know, the extra step at the end to say, thank you for taking the time to find mm-hmm. me. You know, thank yeah. you for taking the time to, you know, scroll a little bit <laughs> further down, you know, and um, I have a lot of positive reviews online that people have taken the time to write. Um, and I am thankful now for the way that Google works, basically. I, I feel like the way that they have, um, the way that their analytics work is much more genuine. It's based off of genuine things. It's not necessarily based off of people spending money of course if you look there and you see the top result and it says sponsored that is a result of people spending money but i like i said i as is i have my 
crappy <laughs> Squarespace website that I made <laughs> that has no keywords. I mean, my contact information is like very hard. I mean, it's just, it's, it's not good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I but... still have a lot of people calling me, you know, so. Exactly. And I feel like it's all, it's all going to move back towards that. Like you can't do anything with these, a major corporation without a, you know, 50% of the time there's going to be a hiccup. Like for example, like if I, I ordered a door at Home Depot and I don't know if I've told the story before, but like it, it ultimately was the wrong thing. Then you have to deal with like returning that thing. You have to deal with the process of, calling them and all this extra, extra, extra time for no convenience. And so then I bought another door from a local place that makes doors and it was the right door. It was right the first time it was done quicker. And I don't know, it's just like, it's, it's going to move towards that. And when you mentioned about Google, what's nice is it's all based on your location anymore anyways. So, and that's, that's going to help the most because I mean, obviously, Home Depot is going to be pretty, they're going to drop that on the map pretty quick for you. But um, I just, I feel it's moving, it's going to start moving towards that way. And I think we're all going to kind of get fed up handing our money over to like this faceless corporation with no, with no convenience added, you know, as whereas you go to a local place, whether there's immediate value already added in how you guys deliver that service or your product. But also, as a consumer, you get that warm and fuzzy feeling. Like, there's no lie about it. Like, it feels good to get something authentic and to speak to somebody and exchange the the payment hand, you know, hand to hand right there and everything. It's just, it's all going to shift that way. And eventually, it'll just be, we're just going to be a bunch of little communities. That's what's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. And I appreciate it shifting, you know, shifting back that way. And, and you really do get, you know, what you what you pay for. Um, and I've had just so many people call me just crying, very distraught because, you know, it's mother's day and they ordered these flowers online and and they're not there. Or just, I've had lots of very sad stories that I've had to, you know, kind of make, make right (laughs) for for people uh, that tried to, tried to order online. And, uh, typically these people are, are having to, um, pay for the, pay twice because right. the, it's very hard to get your money back from from these online flower flower gathering flower order gatherers they 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 don't care and they are very difficult to deal with <laughs> yeah i mean it's also quick and easy that you're almost lost you're lost in the like the speed of it all um yeah yeah and and i you know and i never intend to have a photo gallery of you know whatever number it may be of arrangements for people to to choose from you know like the sunshine surprise i right. will never operate that way um i i want to talk to someone and it doesn't have to be over the phone it can be by email it can be by text but i, I you know i want to ask a few questions you know what what's the occasion for you know do they have any favorite things so i, I you know my intention is as always to make everything custom and if if somebody you know needs to have um, you know, a catalog pick option A, then I'm probably not the right person for them. And, and, you know, and that's fine. And, and I understand that some people, you know, they may be busy and they may just want to be able to point at something and choose it. Um, and they can, they can 
call FTD. <laughs> yeah, or and I'm sure there's a there's a local place that might you know have a different you know have a different way that they want to offer their services and they can go there. You just still try and find that local spot. Yeah, yeah. Well, none of those companies actually. I think there may be maybe a few that actually ship flowers to people. But most of those companies are then having to contact a local shop to fill the order. So they are just taking the order. So their function is is just oh, gathering middle, the middle gathering man. information. Yeah. So most most florists in Bellingham do not use those services just because they are not beneficial to anyone basically except for the the person that's the making the money not even the person that's that's ordering the flowers the only person that's benefiting is let's say it's ftd um because they are charging people you know x amount of dollars and then so if they if they charge someone 50 dollars then i am going to make an arrangement that maybe costs $30 because Mm -hmm. they're taking, you know, that much out of it. And so when you order online, you're just to one of those big companies, you're just decreasing the size of your arrangement by, you know, whatever amount. And like you said, it's not actually, it's not really convenient. It's just making your dollar go less, you know, less far. These companies, even though I don't, and and like I said, most florists in Bellingham do not contract with them or, or do business with them frequently because we don't like the way that they do business. I still get calls, especially around tons of calls around Valentine's Day and Mother's Day because they just start Googling florists and they have, you know, basically they, they place an order with me and they and they use a credit card, just like a normal customer would. But this is to fill an order that somebody has already placed that they're unable to find anyone to Oh, it's the it's the people from the site that that are the, okay. I see what you're saying, and they're googling around locally, and they're just that's crazy. Yeah, so FTD or or just flowers or whatever it is, we'll we'll Google. Oh no, Flores in Bellingham. It's the day after Mother's Day, and you know we have twelve orders that were supposed to be delivered yesterday that we didn't deliver. We better try to find somebody you know to do it. And I've I've done uh, it a few yikes. times just because I felt so bad but it was also very uncomfortable for me to go to these deliveries and to try to explain to them that it was wasn't, late wasn't but, I had, pro- yeah. but i had nothing to do with it yeah so it's it's not really something i like oh, to do <laughs> sounds pretty terrible actually yeah <laughs> we talked about the regulations and well we talked about how you can you mentioned how you can get certified as a artist but are there any sort of regulations imposed on possibly growers or wholesalers? Uh, let's leave wholesalers out of this because it seems like they're just kind of middlemen. But yeah, do you... I don't, I don't know too much about the grower side of things. I'm sure that there are, well, and a number of the growers that I work with are um, certified organic. So of course, that's going to take. You know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of hoops that they have to jump through and inspections and things like that to to be certified organic. And then some, you know, some farmers are not. But I, I do know that all of the farms around here practice sustainable practices, whether or not it, you know, it's, it's organic or not. You know, it, they're sustainable and they're doing their part to make sure that they're not putting nasty stuff, you know, into the streams and 
mm-hmm. and ground and things like that. I feel like the floral industry as a whole, and you know, maybe there's things that I don't don't regulations I don't know about. You know, knock on wood. I feel lucky compared to friends of mine that are like, let's say, in the in the food industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, people aren't eating my flowers, so that's a, you know a whole a whole a whole another thing. But some of my friends that I talk to that have businesses that are food related, I just can't believe the amount of you know regulations and different mm-hmm. things that they have to adhere to. But you know, luckily with the flower thing, um, you know, it's pretty pretty cut and dry. Like I said, nobody's eating anything, and you know, I'm usually just going on site and delivering, and then you know, and then leaving. And so there's not really too too many things that I have to deal with as far as red tape goes which is is nice <laughs> okay cool yeah you never know what they've what they've created to inspect so um let's see here what do and this you mentioned this a little bit when my sister first introduced me to you um what do people think of the floral industry before they get into it um you mentioned like people think that that's what they want to do and then they get there. What What is that? What's happening? Yeah, well, me and uh, every other florist that I know have been told this a million times. We just think it's really funny and also slightly insulting. <laughs> when people say, um, I want to be a florist when I retire. <laughs> and it's and like, mm, <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking because by that time you're going to be too tired to be a florist because it's so much work. Or, you know, people will say, I just wish I had your job and I could play with flowers all day long. I wish, I wish that too. (laughs) Um, I think one of the biggest misconceptions about floral is that, you know, that quote unquote playing with flowers, that sort of like the, the glamour side of it. Um, And I would say that's, that's a very, very small percentage of what actually uh, takes place. Um, There's a lot of schlepping, you know, carrying around (laughs) buckets full of water, um, tons of prep flowers need to be, um, you know, to be trimmed, need to be kept in, you know, a a certain amount of water, not too much, not too little, need to be kept in coolers, but they have to be like very carefully, you know, put in there. Most of, I would say, if I'm doing a wedding and I get in, you know, five boxes, you know, buckets of flowers, there's probably going to be about three buckets of stems and leaves and things like that. So the sort of the waste, you know, or the stuff right. that you don't actually use is is just a huge amount. Um, and you have to, you know, get all the thorns off the roses and get all the extra leaves off. And, and so the majority of the work is, um, you know, processing and tending to things beforehand, and then like the cleanup uh, afterwards. When so let's take one of your apprentices who they've wanted to get in and now they've been exposed to the true inner workings of the industry. What changes in that person first? What do they what is stripped away first and, and rebuilt in that place? I yeah, I think the first thing is just how hard it is, how physically hard it is. I've had quite a few people just not realize how you know, how much, you know, the bending and lifting and just different things like that of that it can just take a you know physical toll on you really quickly and so I think the first thing is they just realize oh this is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be physically and then get into the actual design work and the mechanics of things and how just detail oriented everything is 
because the tiny little things make a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I start to teach somebody something new, um, usually they're surprised by just how many little nuances there are to each thing. Um, And it just seems like, it's like if you watch someone, you know, play sports or do anything that something, some that someone's very skilled at, they make it look effortless. Right. And then you try to do it and it's, there's a lot of effort involved so. it doesn't go the same yeah <laughs> that's okay when you first started and how how long have you been doing this business i haven't asked you that yet but when did you launch posy by natalie yeah so that was actually in 2015 um and i have been working with flowers just as long as i can remember um i have always loved flowers when I was, I think I was three, I climbed over a fence and escaped into the neighbor's yards to, you know, pick flowers. And so I've always just been just literally drawn (laughs) to them. Um, But yeah, I've had Posey since uh, 2015. Okay. Okay. What were some of the first challenges when you started in 2015? Um, definitely everything yeah besides yeah besides just starting a business in general for me it was uh it was the space issue and where I was going to be working because I actually started just in there's a smaller attached garage and I started there because at that time my floral studio was actually uh like a a gym (laughs) okay but now the gym is gone (laughs) sorry guys um so (laughs) at first it was just sort of space figuring out the logistics of how to store everything because flowers need to be you need you i feel like you you pretty much have to have a cooler you know Mm -hmm. i have i have four coolers actually so you have to have something to keep the flowers cool and or warm because in the winter time the coolers actually become heaters (laughs) because they're Uh, staying at you know 35 37 and it's freezing everywhere else so it's just really important to have a space that you can maintain the flowers in because most people you know don't get the flowers the day of an event uh that's very risky because if you're you know doing that what if they come and they're not what you needed or you know something like that so if i have a wedding on a saturday i'm typically getting flowers from not usually wednesday but sometimes wednesday to to up until that day but typically thursday friday is when i'm getting all my product and you have to make sure that you can store that all you know keep it keep it good because you could get something on a thursday and if you had a spot that was too hot or too cold that could all just be completely ruined in in those two days so every time you get to the end of explaining something i I, sometimes i I feel like i'm I'm really stressed out (laughs) but i feel really stressed out most of the time i'm not gonna lie (laughs) i'm just thinking about these flowers and how how finicky they are oh so okay so as you're growing now what are your challenges what's the You've you've figured it sounds like you've figured all of all of these things out. What's the what's your challenges today? So it's figuring out how to grow and how to not be you know, how to have it not just be me, like how to, you know, start giving up that um you know, that control and like starting to trust other people to, you know, to help with things. Um I had um a helper this summer and I, I had her do I feel like probably the majority of my 
bridesmaids bouquets, which is something that I had never done before. And so what I would do is I would pick out the kind of the formula or even make the first one as an example. Uh-huh. And then, okay, now I need, you know, seven more of these. So that was really a good sort of exercise for me to like kind of give up that control and to trust someone. And it, and it turned out, you know, great. And I was happy with everything. You know, the, the customers were happy because there's really no way for me to grow if if I'm the only one doing everything that yeah. it's, just, it's physically impossible. So for me, yeah, it's just the challenge of, you know, bringing people on board and, and sort of, out, out, you know, outsourcing some of that work um, and also figuring out what I should say no to and what I should say yes to. Uh, okay. Like, in think, vet, like in vetting customers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Because I, I, I think, you know, a lot of small businesses, you're just kind of like inclined to say yes to everything, um, right. you know, just to keep, you know, keep the wheels turning. But I think just sometimes... Just make the sale, yeah. Yeah, sometimes it just ends up being not not worth it. And I haven't had... I've only had, you know, just a couple of experiences that were sort of unpleasant, you know, with, with customers, but you can kind of tell ahead of time when it's, you know, it's going that way. So it, it doesn't even have to be necessarily where you don't, you don't, you don't take that customer on, but you, um, you set those boundaries. And sometimes it's even as clear as saying, you know, I, I don't like the way that you're communicating with me. I don't think I'm going to be the best fit for you. Right. Um, and then they can say, oh, no, you know, I'm sorry, I, I do, you know, and, and I, I feel like there's a lot of small businesses that are afraid of, like, the afraid awkward of, little interaction, right? Yeah, or afraid, afraid of just being honest, or afraid of just telling someone, you know, and I, and I, you know, I'm not afraid to say that I don't subscribe to the, the, the old saying that the customer is always right, because that's, that's to say that if, you know, someone's on one side of the counter, they can do and say anything they want and that they are that they are right and that's 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 just that's not correct (laughs) and so right i I, you know i'm not afraid to you know communicate to my customers if i don't like the way that you know our our interactions are going or you know sometimes people will will try to say well you know so and so is is doing it for this much and why are you doing it for that much And, and you know i'm not willing to compromise my you know my prices or what i think my value is to you know to get the sale i told the mother of the bride once she asked me why my pricing was slightly higher on some things than than others compared to another shop that she um was you know talking with and um i just said because of what the outcome is going to be you know if if you give someone paint and a canvas and you give another person the same paint and the same canvas you're going to like one more than the other, even though it's the exact same materials, yep. you're going to yep. like one more than the other. And, you know, and I'm confident in saying that you're going to like mine more. So that's why it's a little yeah. bit more expensive. And uh, I didn't think that she'd book with me. I thought that that would be our last conversation, but she did book with me, even though my, you know, my cost was higher. That was, you know, a good moment for me to, to, to realize that, you know, you just have to, you know, stick to your, stick to your guns and know that if you're being fair and if you're being reasonable and if you're going to do a good job, that it's very important to, to value your, your time because a lot of, you know, small businesses, you'll do the math and realize that you're paying yourself like 
five dollars an hour or something like that you know and it's soul crushing yeah so and you know i've just gotten to the point where i feel like you know what i'm doing is valuable and i don't need to try to be the cheapest that's not what i want to say like under my business name like posy by natalie bargain flowers like no right yeah what i'm going for (laughs) exactly you mentioned um if you're coming from a place of like you're not you're coming from a positive place, like you're going to work hard, you're going to get a good product, like it's a, a great, a morally you know, righteous place, then you should have confidence in that awkward conversation of like, well, okay, maybe it's not going to work out. Like I'm not I'm not trying to like, you're not going to, you know, pay for my Ferrari in the driveway with my yeah. prices. Like you're just, it is what it is. And it's no hard feelings if you don't want to go this direction. But yeah, you know, and I'm happy to even steer them to other um, florists that, you know, maybe, um, you know, falling out. With their yeah, or just, yeah, or just something that, you know, they maybe are, are, are able to, you know, do a lower price point. And so, you know, I'm happy to, to make suggestions to people rather than just to just say, I can't, you know, I can't help you. Um, I right. always like to try to, you know, help them whether or not it's just a suggestion. Uh, I don't like just to say no. <laughs> no, no, you're you're absolutely right. That's that's smart. What advice would you give someone who wants to start a floral business? That it's, I would say that it's really hard. It would be the number one thing to to take into account that it's very very hard. And uh, I had another business owner actually john belisle that used to own bellwood acres it's a um it's an apple orchard and an event space and a distillery up here in um it's actually in linden which is north of bellingham and so you can imagine you know the farm and a distillery Mm -hmm. and all those things it's just you know a lot of work and one day i was tired and he said i said something about being tired and he said don't you work for yourself and i said something about working a lot and he said don't you work for yourself and i said yeah and he said why are you you know, why are you counting the hours that you're working? Don't do that. <laughs> like if you work for yourself, <laughs> don't keep track of the amount of hours that you work because it's just going to make you, you know, make you upset. Right. So yeah, That's I would say, you know, be, be willing to work um, and also be aware of the fact that if you're going to put yourself out there in such a way that you have to have a thick skin and you have to be able to separate what people you know, might say about your work from your, you know, your, your personal self. Uh, Cause sometimes people can kind of, you know, not think about what they're saying and, and it, you know, it can be, I've delivered flowers to an event and, and had it be like, oh, well, we expected something larger. And it's, it's like, but you paid for this, you know, so <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, you know, I know that I did what I, you know, what I was um, contracted to do and everything like that. But sometimes people, will just be kind of flippant, you know, especially when it's like a big event or a wedding or something. And they will just maybe say something that they wouldn't normally say or that they didn't really think out. And so it's just very important to have um, kind of that separation between yourself and your work, which is difficult when it's something that you're like creating and putting out there. Um, But it's, I think it's important to not, not take it personally and to also not, you know, not make everything about you because it's, it's about the people, like, especially for a wedding, it is all about them. And that is their day. And like, you know, all of your little 
you know, insecurities and stuff like that need to like be put way along the wayside and like the bride and the groom and, you know, the family and everything, and like they are the, the most important part of the day. So um, I've, you know, worked with some florists that have a hard time not kind of getting a little attitude, you know, or that type of thing. And uh, uh, I feel yeah, like yeah. You, you need to be able to like put that, put that just completely away. <laughs> just, yeah, like not even, not even and... exist. Yeah. yeah. Just move on. <laughs> Yeah. And then another thing that I would, you know, have to explain to people sometimes is they are like, well, okay, so you've been doing this for three years, you know, technically as your own business. Um, but you've, you know, have n- n- not a hard time at all, you know, you know, staying busy. Oh, it just happened so fast. You're so lucky. And it, and it didn't happen fast. I have been involved in the business community in Bellingham pretty much since I've moved here in the different industries that I've worked in. And, you know, I'm, um, I'm an ambassador for the Chamber of Commerce. I'm on the board of Blue Skies for Children. I'm on the board of Whatcom Women in Business. There are more nonprofits that I work with than that, that I don't work with as far as like working on their events and helping them with the flowers and, and figure oh, out a way okay. to, to, you know, to make that cost for them really, you know, really low. And, and I am just a like vociferous self promoter. Like I'm get, passing out my card to the lady in the check, you know, checking line. Yeah, like okay. I, you know, and so the, I think the thing that a lot of small business people are sort of afraid of is self promotion. And, you know, that is, you have to do it. And the reason that I have had success and the reason that I have sort of this network, you know, that, that gives me referrals and all these things is because I've been working on it for a decade. I've (laughs) had my business for this long, but I've been putting in these building blocks for so much longer. Right. So there's, what you're saying is there's never, you can start now, but not necessarily have anything concrete to operate on like you could be planning you could be spreading the word you can be doing all these different things and then launch when you have the rest of your ducks in a row yeah and and you don't even have to like have you know an idea or a business or whatever that you're launching to people at the time because any salesperson knows in any entry it doesn't matter what it is you are selling yourself you are selling your personality you are selling Right. You know, people's ability to trust you. Um, and so you can start that at any time because it doesn't matter what industry it is. So every industry that I've, you know, worked in, I, I have the same network of people to support me no matter what I what I am doing. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people, they don't want to go and they don't want to network and they don't want to, you know, go to the meetings and all, you know, that sort of thing. And, and yes, it, it can be difficult. And I, you know, I guess I'm, I might be harder for me to understand because I'm, I'm extremely extroverted. <laughs> so I can understand that right. some people maybe that are more introverted, it's a little, little more difficult. Like right. um, I, I like public speaking. So I know <laughs> it's a little bit of a, of an, an oddity there, but uh, you have to put in the work. You can't just open a business and it could be the coolest thing ever. And it could be just the, best thing ever and but you can't just sit there and wait for people to come to you you have to go to them and 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 that's something that you have to do constantly you mm-hmm. can't ever sit back and say oh i've made it you know and i'm just going to chill here and just everyone will come to me no you have to 
continuously go after it. I mean, that's that's what I think. I don't know if that's necessarily. No, it true. makes. <laughs> it, I think you're. I think it's absolutely right, and I think, you know, it's a theme that you're seeing in a lot of the people I'm interviewing on this podcast is that, you know, they they want to go do this. They want to put in you know, the deliveries, they want to put in the, um, you know, the studying or the research of a new, a new tool or a new way to do something or design something like it's just, it's, it's, and it's kind of funny is like the, the more I hear myself, like reiterate what a guest says, or the more I listen to a guest phrase something a certain way, like they're really, what's said, like the words used are really simple, but the, the, the lesson in practice is like, it's, it's really incredible and it's, it's a really big thing. And so I, I, I don't know. I I love this episode. This episode's fantastic. And this has been really cool because I think even if you're not an extrovert, like you call yourself, you begin to chip away at some of these things, like pick any of the things that you've said in this episode and just kind of try and chip away at that little by little by little. And you're going to, you're eventually, you're going to change and you're going to start to develop some of these skills that, you know, you might already have out the gate, like you mentioned, public speaking and things. So, I, yeah, um, I've seen a lot of of um, people that you know, self you know, proclaimed introverted people that I've known. You know, we've kind of um, you know come up together with our businesses, and it's definitely something that can be, uh, you know, can be learned. You can, you right. can practice it, and you know, get better at it, and it gets less scary. <laughs> and you just do it in your own way, your own style. Like, be absolutely yeah. authentic to you. Like, be comfortable. Um, but yeah, I think that's huge. I think a lot of people get into the um, the thing where they kind of like want to f- try to follow these these you know guidelines that are put out there. You you'll, you'll see people all of a sudden I feel like my Instagram sometimes gets flooded with these, like, it's been a while since I introduced myself. Let me tell you. And it's like, but I saw somebody else, right? Exactly that same phrase. It's been a while, you know? And it's like, I feel like it's just very important. Like you just said to be authentic. Don't do anything. um, Because it's, it seems like the thing to do. And if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. Cause it will, people will feel your, you know the hesitance yeah and we'll know that you're just saying it because you think that's what you should say or yeah yeah exactly yeah to close this out what are some short-term and long-term goals you mentioned moving towards trusting another person but is there anything else like as far as expansion of your physical space or purchasing more storage or anything like that yeah, well, I really would someday love to have a walk-in cooler. So instead of coolers, you know, that have doors that open up, it'd be like a one door that opens up to a to a whole room. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's huge and would be amazing. But yeah, for me, it's just it's kind of just a, a constant goal of of being able to stay in Bellingham um, because it can be difficult. You know, the cost of living here is high. Um, and so just being able to stay somewhere that I really love to live and being happy, just really important to me. The, the first year I didn't have any help and I just completely burned myself out and there's no point in doing something if it's just going to make you feel like you're on the, you know, just on the edge of (laughs) being a person. So for me, it's like, you know, my, my goal is to, to find the balance between working and 
not working and enjoying my life and enjoying spending time with Ryan, my partner and, and our dogs and you know, mm-hmm. that, that sort of thing. And that's just, so short term is more just, you know, balancing what, you know, this growing business and, and you know, my life. Um, and then long-term, I mean, I want to be in Martha Stewart. I want to be right. like, on one. I want to be one of Oprah's favorite things. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to, you know, just like be a, a flower celebrity. I don't know if that's a thing, but I'm going to do it. So I'll be the first one, I guess. <laughs> no, there there actually are other floral celebrities already. So I can't, I can't <laughs> claim the first, first thing there. But yeah, I've always just had really big, um, big goals like that. And I, 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 when I was younger, I always thought like, I'm going to be famous. But then I had no idea what, like for what? Because, you know, you think of famous people as like being actors and I, Right. I have never acted a day in the life. So it's like, but I, I just really feel like I've found my stride. I'd love to, you know, do like something crazy, like, you know, flower takeover of the Bellagio. I don't know if you've seen that, like how in the Bellagio, they have those crazy, huge flower displays. I think, um, I think I've heard of like a flower takeover thing before, but I don't know if I've seen, I'll, I'll look at it right now. I want to see this. So yeah, if you look just the Bellagio in Vegas just constantly has this rotating display of just over the top, insane uh, flowers. And so it it would be cool to, you know, kind of do, do some of those sort of things or like, you know, these weddings that just have, you know, flower budgets of, of $1 trillion or things like that. So <laughs> Right. It would be fun, you know, to kind of reach and see, you know, see how far I can get with it. And and I feel like, you know, with anything, if you, you know, if you try hard and you have the right intentions, you know, why, why not me? So. No, I, I think it's great to visualize and to think of that and to set um, goals that some might seem, might say are too tall, but I don't think so. I think that you can do it and I think you should keep going for it. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I had I've had uh, this reoccurring dream. It started when I was really little because I always loved watching Oprah, and um, I would be in my front yard, and Oprah would teach me how to fly, and so like <laughs> I like run really fast, and and then like Oprah would sort of be like go go go, and so then I'd be like flying around in the yard, and and Oprah's like in my yard going like good job, and so like be like the premonition. <laughs> it's a pre- yeah. And then, and yeah, and so fast forward, and you'll be, there'll be a, a billion flowers on stage, and you'll be chatting with Oprah. Exactly. <laughs> okay, sorry, my last question. I'm sorry, I forgot this. The resources question. You mentioned a few things, so if you don't have anything, I can reiterate. I took some notes what you said earlier, but do you have any resources for the audience? So one of the things that I'm really interested in, besides just the practical, sort of events and you know birthdays and then the, the, the tr- traditional use of flowers i'm really interested in the very artistic side of things and um okay. like floral okay. couture sort of thing um like wearable floral art um i've made succulent jewelry and i've made like um wearable uh, bustiers and floral bras and different things like that and both times or excuse me, two years in a row now, I've been published in this magazine called Florist Review. Okay. And it's the oldest long, you know, it's the longest running floral publication in the industry. And so okay. to be published in that in such a short period of time was just 
just really awesome. Um, and so now it's been two years in a row that they published my floral couture work. And so that sort of just purely creative outlet is is really fun. And I have definitely several people that really inspire me in, in that, you know, avenue that's, of things. Um, there's awesome. a woman called Francois Weeks and she's okay. out of Portland. And I think it's F-R-A-N-C-I-O-U-S or however you're spelled, Francois and um, Weeks like W-E-E-K-S. Um, and then there's another woman called Passion Flower Sue, like S-U-E. I think okay. she's out of Detroit. Um, and, and then another woman called uh, Carolyn Jillian. And she is out of, I think, Austin, Texas. And they all do a lot of um, floral couture type of work. And this most recently, uh, when I was published in Florist Review for the second time was in July and okay. uh the the floral couture issue they have yearly and some of francois week's work was on the page before mine and so to be that close <laughs> to someone yeah. that i you know idolize it is just really cool <laughs> no that's that's awesome and that's a great resource because you know part of the reason i want i include this section is to get people exposed to something completely different you know yeah. what i mean um, and that's perfect because that's so that's so niche that but it's also gotta be incredibly difficult. <laughs> it's very artistic as well. So I'm curious about it, but that's that's great. And it and no wonder you wanna be on Oprah because you've man, you've you're already a celebrity in this floral courtou stuff, so I like the, to think uh, so, as we call it here in Bellingham, the celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> What's it, celebrity? Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> cool. Okay, to close this out, tell everybody where they can find you and how they can get a hold of you and and follow you and interact with you via yeah. social media or whatnot. So when I was choosing my name, I did a lot of googling and was very happy to f find out that no one else had figured out how to spell posy with a z because obviously <laughs> posy is a very old word that a lot of you know everyone knows means flower so i am currently the only one spelling it with a z um and so that made it easy for me to get you know everything um under that name so my right. website is just you know posybynatalie.com and then on instagram i'm i'm at posybynatalie and then on facebook also posybynatalie and those are the the instagram and facebook are the two um social media sites that i use right now i you know do think that at some point i want to expand in, in you know into using pinterest and mm -hmm. i don't even know if snapchat's like a thing anymore cuz i'm 36 but um <laughs> you know i i think that w whatever i choose to do um i want to do it well and so at this point right. i can i have the capacity to do those two things and that and that's kind of it um i don't usually cross post though okay just because when i see stuff that's cross posted i kind of it kind of loses its luster to me the second time i see it so unless it's like a special event or i'm really really want everybody to see the same thing i usually have completely different content on facebook and instagram so you have to follow me on both of those things to see all the good to stuff. To see the whole, the whole yeah. picture. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. And I, I know what you mean in that, like, oh yeah, I would love to post more to a different social media outlet, but I just, 
it's tough. It's a lot of maintenance. <laughs> so Yeah, and I just don't want to be doing sort of like something like a half ass no, thing on exactly. a bunch of different platforms. I'd rather, you know, yeah. be invested in it and be able to respond to everything. And I I mean maybe it works differently at a certain point, but like for me, I can only scroll back, you know, so far in my Instagram activity. So I I I don't know how like some people that have more comments and more followers and more activity are even keeping up on it because if yeah, you they, miss it, you can't go back to it. You know, yeah. I mean, you can, you can click on your individual pictures and look at the comments and stuff like that. But as far as like just scrolling through like the notification thing, I found that I can only go back, you know, so, so far. So yeah, yeah I don't understand it's, how it's, it's weird. Works. You know, I, I know what you mean. Like, it's just, um, I I don't know. I, people must have like notifications. Like they get an they get an actual, you know, a message every time, and then they respond like through the message. You know what I mean? Like whereas instead of just saying like just checking your Instagram, and then you see the notifications in the Instagram app. You know what I'm trying to say? Like yeah. Well, and I and I'm thinking that probably you know these people that that would have that that problem are probably not doing it themselves <laughs> yeah then, then there's that it's probably as simple as that you're right like oh yeah it's not even them <laughs> yeah that's why that's they have an, time yeah that's an intern <laughs> yeah exactly so this has been great um i i hope next time i'm in bellingham i get to get to meet you face to face but i feel like this was a fantastic conversation and you were very 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 informative um and i hope the audience enjoys this episode as much as i did because this was this was great, and you're um you were super super friendly and super helpful to come on and do this and and be such a well spoken guest. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you for having me. I'm really glad that I happened to be in the car with Amelia that moment that you were <laughs> on the phone together. <laughs> I know that's so funny, but yeah, you know, it, it worked out great, and, and we appreciate it.